Psalm 104 is a highly imaginative, I think I'm on now, um, is a highly imaginative psalm. It goes through creation just like Genesis 1 goes through creation. It starts with light and ends with the living creatures. And so I've chosen a portion of it that tells us something about God, but I hope also as I read it that you're beginning to imagine something about the world around us as well. So would you join me in reading Psalm 104, verses 24 through 35. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there. Living things, both great and small. There go the ships and Leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer? God of light, you call us to be children of light, but often we live in gray tones and shadow. Inspire us to walk each day in the bright light of your holiness. As we hear and learn from your word, teach us how to have our whole lives be an expression of gratitude and love to you, that others may follow. In your name, in the name of your son, we pray. Amen. Did you know that Psalm 103 and 104 are sister psalms? Historically, the church has taught that both are written by David, and they both end in the same way, bless the Lord, O my soul. And the praise the Lord at the end is considered like a postscript at the end of these two psalms. They're even similar in scope. Both are grand, sweeping, all-encompassing poetic accounts of something big, something enormous beyond the grasp of David as he writes and beyond the grasp of us as we read these words. Psalm 103 focuses on the vastness of God, his nature, his character, his love for us. And Psalm 104 focuses on the vastness of creation and God's care for it. 
And it is such a fun account of creation. It is bright and imaginative. After all, where else in scripture do you read about the creeping things in the sea? When you read scripture, do you ever pause to imagine it? Psalm 104 as a whole is practically asking you to do that since it describes the created world in such vivid ways. Even the part I read this morning is open for our imagination to explore. I know some of you have children or grandchildren, and you may have seen Finding Dory when it came out last summer, or even when it came out on DVD this fall. And for those of you who haven't, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but for the sake of this particular morning, all you need to know is that it takes place in the Pacific Ocean, and it has breathtaking animation. Even though it is an animated movie, you feel like you are swimming along in the ocean with all of the different creatures, great and small. And so since I have seen it, I can just imagine the sea, great and wide, creeping things innumerable are there, living things both great and small. And even if you haven't traveled to the Middle East where David lived and seen the seas that he describes there, and even if we haven't traveled beyond our landlocked home in Indiana to the oceans on either coast, we can still pause and imagine the scene that is being described here. The psalmist uses vivid detail in both Psalm 103 and 104 so that we can picture it in our minds, so that we can not only hear the word, but see, and maybe between sight and sound, we can understand. Because like Psalm 103, this psalm also has something important to teach us about God. God is creator, God is caretaker, and God delights in creation. One of the fundamental truths of Christianity is, in the beginning, the Lord created the heavens and the earth. Here in this psalm, that truth is repeated. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. God is the creator of heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. That is a fundamental truth about our faith. But have you ever stopped to think about what that tells us about God? Look again at how the psalmist starts verse 24. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works. God's creative energy is every bit as abundant as his love and grace and mercy. It stretches beyond the bounds of our imaginations. And the psalmist is calling that out and praising it. When you read Genesis 1 and talk about the Lord creating the heavens and the earth, we often emphasize that God can create. God did create. Through the mere power of his words, let there be light, God created. But in Psalm 104, David is focusing on the vastness and the intricacy of what God is able to create. The earth is full of your creatures. God's wisdom and creative energy are boundless. 
they can come up with a thousand different varieties of fish and plants and wildlife all over the earth. Have you ever paused to consider that part of God, our creator? God's abundant creative energy fills the sea full of creatures. And if you return to these words again in the future, I hope you are able to imagine all of the different creatures and the God who had the creativity to bring them to life. And even better, he didn't just create them, but he continues to care for them. As much fun as it is to imagine the abundant creativity of God, this is the real meat and substance about what David has to teach us about God. He continues to be invested in and care for the world he has created. Look again at the passage. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. You renew the face of the ground. Just as God created the heavens and the earth is fundamental to what it means to be Christian, so too is the promise that God continues to be invested in creation. But Psalm 104 isn't satisfied with leaving that as a big abstract theological idea. No, instead, David offers us a detailed glimpse at what that means. Notice the specificity of the actions when you give to them, when you open your hand, when you hide your face, when you take away their breath, when you send forth your spirit. And did you notice that for every action of God, there is a response? When you give to them, they gather it up. And the pattern continues with each of the actions of God that we just looked at. For every action of God, there is a response from creation. And this is important for two reasons. One, because it tells us that creation is designed to respond to the creator, which implies relationship and investment and potential for growth. And two, that creation is dependent on the creator. Creation is designed to respond to the creator. The actions of God mentioned here speak of both absence and presence. Creation notices when God appears, when you give to them and when you send forth your spirit. But they also notice when he isn't there. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. Creation is designed to notice God. And it is designed to respond to both his action and inaction. That rhythm of relationship is dynamic. It can change, grow, develop as needed. And that rhythm of relationship shows that continued dependence on God. Because God's presence and action provides food, renewal, and even determines when the end must come. You can see that responsive relationship built into the habits and practices of animals. Consider the ways animals in the Midwest prepare for winter. 
I know that is mercifully hard for us to imagine on this beautiful July day. Um, so I brought one of my favorite children's books with me. Even though I work at a college, I often use children's literature to illustrate important parts of theology because they do it not only with simplicity and poignancy, but also with imaginative details that help bring them to life. So Frederick is the story of a family of field mice who exhibit the truth that everything looks to God to provide them their food in due season. They gather the food for winter, but they also gather up memories so that in the dark days of winter, they not only have the food they need to survive, but they also have the memories of the sun's warmth and the colors of the fields full of flowers to bring with them into the winter. So even in this, with a family of field mice, we can see ways that God's action and creation's dependence on him are built into the fabric of our world. And even as we appreciate this relationship and the way it sustains everything, even a tiny family of field mice, I don't want us to gloss over the fact that this passage speaks about God providing for the world he has created. And that can raise some important questions. What does that mean when we see struggle or loss in creation, in our world, in our nation, in our family, or in our friends. Psalm 104 is emphasizing God's action and creation's response. It wants to highlight the ways that God continues to be involved in the world he created. And it wants to highlight the dependence we have on God. Sometimes that comes in the form of God acting directly in the way it's outlined here. But when we do see something lacking in our world, when we see need, what do we do? Do we doubt the truth of these words? Do we doubt God's continued action in this world? There are still substantive examples of God's action in our world today. The seasons continue. Rain continues to fall. The sun continues to shine good things continue to be received from the hand of God. Even in the midst of need, even when we see something lacking, there are still stories of God's goodness, of God himself appearing in the world. So maybe, just maybe, the answer to the lack we may find is the people of God. Creation has a dependent relationship on God as creator and sustainer. But God has also asked humanity to care for and tend to the earth. We can think again of the story of creation, where in the beginning pages of Genesis, the first humans are asked to be stewards of the earth. We can also think of passages in the New Testament where the people of God are called the very hands of feet of Jesus. I can't presume to prescribe what you should do when you see something lacking in the world. Psalm 104, our scripture for today, isn't seeking to address that either. But if you do ask these questions, and if you do wonder, 
here are two simple suggestions I would make. When you see a need, look around and see who might be meeting that need. Is there an organization in town that's seeking to help those with that particular need? Are there ways that the people of God are already acting on this? And when you see a need, remember the words of Dr. Seuss. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot. These words from the Lorax can become a refrain for your life. If you notice something, then you already care. You have paid enough attention to the world around you that you notice something is off. So continue to care a whole awful lot by praying and asking God to fulfill these words. That prayer is an action and a response in and of itself. Because God continues to be invested in our world. He wants to hear from the people of God what is happening here and how it is impacting us. That is the truth of Psalm 104. And that is the truth that the people of God have continued to proclaim for centuries. Sometimes God care for, God's care for the world happens exactly the way it is described, with direct action from God. And sometimes it is because God's people are actively involved and participating in the world. Sometimes God's care looks an awful lot like the Holy Spirit pushing and prodding us to be the good things in the world. Which brings us to the end of the psalm when David begins to pray in earnest. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they move. God is creator, God is caretaker, and God delights in creation. The psalmist ends his meditation on the vastness of creation and God's continued involvement by asking God to rejoice in his works. Rejoice in your works. David asked God to find delight in this world. Our exploration of Psalm 104 to this point displays a God who is invested enough in creation to create with abundance and continue to be involved. But David doesn't want to stop there. He doesn't just want God to continue his involvement. David wants him to take delight in this world. And God does. You can look to the Psalms with their vivid imagery to find a hundred examples of God rejoicing and encouraging his people to rejoice. You can look to Jesus, who spent 33 years walking the streets of Israel, traveling by sea, eating the fruits of the earth. There are examples throughout the entire story of Scripture of God finding delight in all that he has created. One of my personal favorite verses that highlights this capacity of our God is from Zephaniah chapter 3. The Lord our God is in your midst. A warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. God delights in all that he has created. That includes the fish in the sea and you and me.
don't forget that. In all that we learn about God, don't forget his capacity for delight. God creates, God cares, and God delights. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, our creator, thank you for your abundant creativity. Thank you for the ways you are caring for this world you have created. By your Holy Spirit, encourage your people as we also care for the world you have given us. As we head into whatever our weeks may hold, we pray that all we do would bring you delight. In your name I pray. Amen.